Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to our service from the Burnham Benefice on this, the 31st of January, and for the feast of the presentation of Christ in the Temple. We begin our service with some introductory music. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you, and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, The first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Hear the words of our Saviour Jesus Christ. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall never walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Let us therefore bring our sins into light and confess them in penitence and faith. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour, in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life. To the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
and we say the Gloria together. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, Heavenly King, Almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. The first reading is taken from Malachi 3, verses 1 to 5. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, indeed he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord, as in the days of old and as in former years. Then I will draw near to you for judgment, I will be swift to bear witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired workers in their wages, the widow and the orphan, against those who thrust aside the alien, and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading is taken from the letter to the Hebrews. Since the children share flesh and blood, Jesus himself likewise shared the same things, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For it is clear that he did not come to help angels, but the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect, so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of people. Because he himself was tested by what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested. This is the word of the Lord.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. And our Gospel is taken from Luke, chapter 2, beginning at verse 22. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and for the glory of your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, this child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. The sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asia. She was of a great age having lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer, night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom and the favour of God was upon him. This is the Gospel of Christ. May I speak in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be forgiven for the confusion sown by the lectionary, which gives us this account of Jesus' presentation in the temple when he was only eight weeks old, after the story of his baptism, which we heard three weeks ago, and after the wedding at Cana, which we heard last week, and in between we heard about the calling of Nathaniel. I've long been fond of reading biographies, but I notice now that my approach to them varies depending on who I'm reading about. Contrast, for example, P. 
Peter Ackroyd on Charles Dickens, with Robert Sidelsky on John Maynard Keynes. These are both enormous books, over 1,200 pages long. Somewhere in my old-fashioned convent schooling, someone had drilled into me that you begin a book at the beginning and plough through to the end. And I came away with the idea that doing anything other than that was sinful. But to be fair, most things were. Years later, an Oxford theologian warned his shocked new students, do not read too many books. We were shocked because we thought that was what we had come to do, read books. Surprised because his evident professional erudition belied his advice. And then we were relieved at his explanation that the scripture was more against my died-in convent system than reading. And he was very much for a wide reading of many volumes, but with very careful discrimination and selection. So I've taken his advice and do not always start at the beginning. With Dickens it is important to do so. After all, he did write a lot of novels with children as lead characters. Oliver Twist is said to be the first novel with a child as its central character. And so Dickens's childhood is important. It takes nearly 200 pages in Ackroyd's book for Charles to reach 10 years of age. And I read them all. Not so mind with Maynard Keynes, where I am mostly interested in his relations with Duncan Grant and the Bloomsbury group. And there I felt it was much better to start in the middle, say at the Peace Conference, where he appears on the world stage. It seems more obvious yet to take a similar position with Jesus. That is to say, to begin where he advances into the world. And in the main, the Gospels of John, Mark and Matthew do this. Mark most directly, who has no preamble at all, neither genealogy nor philosophy. While Luke, as we heard, is very different. In his introductory remarks, he says he is concerned in setting down an orderly account of the events that have been fulfilled among us. And so, our reading this morning is found at the end of Luke chapter 2, before the account of Jesus' baptism by John, who we know to be the son of Zechariah, for we met Zechariah in the first verse of his account. Now, I like the story of the presentation in the temple. I like the patience and the faithfulness of Simeon and Anna. I like the fact that Jesus was recognised. And I have a special fondness for Mary and Joseph being amazed. And then their trial's over for the moment. There they would be on the temple steps, setting out for Nazareth, home and peace. But if I was going to tell someone about Jesus Christ, I would not start here. There seems to be so much else to say. Maybe that's why I most usually recommend the Gospel of Mark to new Christians or to people exploring belief. In Mark, in the very first chapter, Jesus teaches to the astonishment of the members of the synagogue. He performs several miracles and at the end of it he stresses the importance of prayer. Fortunately though, we are not all the same. 
And it is a blessing to have four biographies of Jesus. The chronologically disordered lectionary of baptism, calling of Nathaniel, the wedding at Cana, and the presentation in the temple, which, by the way, when we consider them, are each one of them a beginning. This strange sequence reflects the richness and outreach of God. And in rather different ways, that's good. Because it reminds us that Jesus came for everyone. We affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. As we come to our prayers, you may, on this particular Sunday, uh, like to light a candle. And there will be a, a short pause while you do that. So, Lord, let us pray. Lord, we bring your church to you, mindful of all the difficulties we face in worshipping together, and we come before you in our homes, joining our hearts and minds, praying for all who lead churches all over the world, that we may continue to share your love wherever we are. Creator God, increasingly we see how we have been poor guardians of the gift of the earth. How both wittingly and unwittingly, we have interfered with the delicate mechanisms of nature. Give us humility in future to understand better, to be sensitive to all your creatures, and to be in harmony, not opposition, to the spring of life. The Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we thank you again and again for further news of successful vaccine trials. Let this be the story, not the squabbling about allocations. Let the hope squeeze through the arguments. 
and bring light to the hearts of everyone. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we bring to you into your loving care those who are suffering in mind and body and spirit. In a moment of quiet, we think of those who we know, conscious always that there are those known only to you. Among those in our parish, we pray today for Jill Smith and John Crombie. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, lighten our steps as we grieve, as we think of those who have recently died. We pray particularly today for the friends and family of Cathy Rout and Jean Briars. Lord, be with them as they gather their thoughts and their memories. And help us all to know that those we love but no longer see are safe, at peace and at rest with you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, who was presented in the temple, recognised and received with joy by Simeon and Anna, mercifully grant that we too may be guided by your Holy Spirit and that we may receive you and love you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we join together in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen.
and so we come to our blessing. Christ, the Son of God, born of Mary, fill you with his grace to trust his promises and obey his will. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you, be with all those you love and remain with you always. Amen.